Hi, you are listening to Creatrix Culture, and I am your host, Sarah Lottie. I hope everyone is doing well. Here in California, we are stepping into another kind of more loose, but another lockdown of some sorts. I don't really know, to be honest, what it entails. I find it very interesting, though, that this lockdown is coinciding with a national holiday. Like in Los Angeles here, they're making restaurants on Wednesday evening stop serving dine-in 10 p.m. that night, and then Thanksgiving, they'll no, no restaurants will be serving, uh, you know, dine-in. So that's interesting. Um, I wanted to hop on and, and do a little episode because I was just on the phone today and I was having a conversation with one of my friends and something just kind of uh, popped up in, in our conversation and it got me really thinking as we were talking and I just kind of wanted to share it, these thoughts of money. And she was talking about how she needed to cancel her flight for Thanksgiving to go out of town and she doesn't feel comfortable flying anymore being that the numbers are rising and she even got insurance for her ticket and she's they're giving her problems of canceling her flight and unless she has a positive test for the virus then they'll give her money back but if she doesn't then she gets a voucher for a future flight which I think many of us under the assumption of getting insurance would be that we could cancel our flight then why are we paying the extra money and it just, you know, kind of really prompted something, you know, we might all think about here and there. But in the beginning of the pandemic, so many companies were, oh, my gosh, anything you need, like, we're so helpful. You know, we want to make sure everyone's taken care of. And if you can't pay for something or this or that's coming up, you know, we're all there for you. And then as this has been going on, companies are pulling back the reins a little bit, you know credit card companies in the beginning, you know, where we can defer your payments and we'll still charge you interest, but if you can't pay, and even though there's many people who have never went back to work through this, the credit card companies have pulled back on that, like, okay, no, now you have to pay. As this has continued to go on longer and longer than most people expected, what really is kind of being highlighted and what's kind of scary, I think, is that especially now, I don't know, it feels like it's everything's been so accelerated and heightened. And our entire existence revolves around money. You know, these companies, like, let's say the, you know, the airlines won't even give her her money back or whatever, because everyone's just clawing now and trying to hold on to their money and getting money and that it's not about the people. I don't even know if it's ever been about the people or humanity. Like, is there a time in our history that we know about that we could actually say our existence here wasn't about survival or money, you know? I think we've gone down such a deep rabbit hole of money has now become more important than a person's well-being, a person's life. Keeping companies alive has become more important than an actual human being. And what's interesting about that, as I just told my friend earlier, is that money isn't a real conscious living being. So if we're putting this false thing that we've all been forced to kind of make it our, I don't even know what you would call it, we're all servicing this thing, right? 
that if us as a species would no longer be here, neither would money, right? So we're giving this thing all this power, we're giving this thing all this importance, but if you took us away, it doesn't exist on its own. So then why the fuck are we slaves to this non-existent entity? I don't even know if you'd call it an entity, thing, object, not even an object, um, you know, because now we're going so digitally, it's, it's becoming less and less tangible. Like, all of a sudden there's a coin shortage. Why? Nothing's really changed. There shouldn't be a coin shortage. I think that it's just kind of like a made-up thing. It's all made up, you know? So everyone's talking about, like, artificial intelligence and everything, like artificial intelligence taking over, or, you know, it's like kind of like corporations run everything. Corporations aren't even real, you know? So it is like we're, we're, we've gone too far into having these things that aren't real living things taking significance in our world and we're letting them when we're playing into them and we're being forced to play into them, whether we like it or not at certain times. Where does it end? And or how does it stop? How do you stop that? Because we're in so deep. How do we come out of that? How do we reprogram the program? How do we disconnect from that program? But we'd have to all do it as a whole. We'd have to do that as a collective. But when did things that aren't real become more important than an actual human well-being and human life? That is, that is the question. Where in the timeline did that switch? Did we ever care about human life, really, as a whole? Did every human being on this planet ever come into existence where we honored and cared about an actual human life? So much of us are in our hearts and in our souls wanting community, wanting to commune again, wanting to feel safety in, in what we're doing as a collective. We want to work together. We want to dream together. We want to build each other up. We want that utopia. And we've gone so far away from that and, and locking us up away from each other has pulled us even more away from that. I don't know if I mentioned in any other episodes, but my yoga teacher would say, you know, what co goes up must come down. If the pendulum swings so far one way, then the pendulum's going to come swinging so far the other way. So maybe all this separation, all this putting energy into things that aren't even real, and we're losing ourselves and we're losing our grip and we're losing what it is that we're supposed to be as a species on this planet, in this incarnation, in this existence, that we've gone so far away from it that maybe the opposite will happen. It'll be like a boomerang or a rubber band snapping or we'll just, the pendulum will swing so far into us communing together. I mean, the program is deep now even of us being afraid of one another Oh, they might be carrying the virus. Oh, they might this. Oh, it's interesting. You just walk down the street and people are fumbling their mask just to make sure that it's on because I can't get this thing. You might be the thing that's going to kill me, you human. Makes me really sad. We're not meant to be void of communing together. We're pack animals. That's why we have community. That's why we live together the majority of us, you know? That's why there's tribes, colonies, villages. Yeah, you have your, you know, 
small, teeny tiny percentage of people that just want to be absolutely alone, but for the most part, we're meant to be together. In my heart, I know we're meant to fully take care of one another. The divide right now is becoming so big. The misinformation is becoming so toxic. It's becoming a point that nobody knows what to believe anymore. Nobody really actually knows, and I'm going to tell you, nobody really actually knows what side is right. Both sides are playing the toxic game. The ones that if they think they're fighting for the light are not. And there's only one truth. There's only one side that's right. It's not the sides you think they are. I don't know, my heart breaks for this time, for everyone, for myself, for what we're going through. It's sometimes, you know, I think I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and I see that it's all on purpose, you know? I think everything really is on purpose getting us from one place to the next. And like in the Surviving the Collective Chrysalis episode, you know, we're all going through this dark night of the soul together. And there are moments in dark night of the soul work where you really don't think there is a brighter side at the end of the tunnel. That how could it from here, how could from this place it could possibly work out? How from this place could it get better when it's so dark and it's so twisted and it's so backwards? So many of us I think if, you know, you're aware of it or not fully, what we crave is we just want to feel safe. We want to feel we can trust. We want to just put our guards down. We want to put our feet up, you know. It's why so many people have addiction and have found their way into addictions, is to check out, check out of this world that is not serving to our spirit. It's not because people want to be addicts, you know. And I don't really believe in my heart. It's that people don't want to be here. I really think they do want to be here and and live this out and live out this experience. But it's not set up for it to be enjoyable. So then why are we here? Why do we choose this? Why do we choose this polarity to be a part of? What are we learning through this? Where are we trying to get to? I don't really believe we were meant to incarnate and just be miserable or sit around and just stare at black boxes or just live existences that we're just checked out from. I I don't think that that was or is the point, but we're stuck. We're deeply stuck and we're sleeping. I mean... If we all lived in a way of truly empowering each other and caring about each other on all levels, I mean, this it goes from the top, you know, what we could achieve as a collective, as a race, where we could really go. I mean, it's a classic thing that if you're in a relationship that's not positive or supportive, if it's a romantic relationship, a friendship, a work relationship, you're held back. You're not living your full potential. And how can you? The energies surrounding you or being projected at you are stifling. They're limiting. They're, they're, you know, making you submit to something, making you powerless, making you not believe in yourself or trusting yourself. Or, But then when you are around the group of people or have a friend, even just one, or in a new environment, or a new lover that 
really sees you and really believes in you and really projects the energy to you, you open, you expand, you rise, you find new things within yourself that you can accomplish or do. I don't really feel we're meant to be here to sit on a couch even long before this pandemic. We weren't meant to come here to waste our lives, to check in and check out of a clock for pennies, to then drone around our lives, wishing and dreaming and wondering and hoping and hoping and hoping. We we're meant to explore, to expand, to experience. And I know so many, you know, different teachers now out there. It's all about manifestation. It's all about mindset. It's all about, you know, if you're not getting what you want or you're not getting the money that you need, it's your fault. You're not a good manifester then. There must be something wrong in your brain. There must be something wrong with you. No, there's not. It's that we're set up in a structure that doesn't fucking work anymore. We're set up in a structure that keeps us down. We're set up in a structure. It's a fucking structure that limits our potential. And we cannot fucking manifest from a place that is limiting us. That's constantly brainwashing us that we're less than. That we're not worthy. That we don't matter. And now that we're not essential. I mean, there's so much hypocrisy in that. I do believe that those teachers and what they're saying have our best interests at heart. They really want what's best and for us to rise. But I do believe some of it's in our control. And I do believe some of it's not in our control. When I started studying, this is decades ago now, when I started studying indigo children, there were the light workers that were said to have been born 60s, 70s. Then the indigo children could be like 70s, 80s, 90s. And then there would be the crystal children and then the rainbow children. And it was said that the light workers were coming here to start bringing in a certain light, starting to bring in a certain frequency of humanity to start the shift because the beings that would be entering the earth would be more enlightened, more heightened, more gifted, and that then the light workers would start the process. And then the indigo children were to come here to break down these structures, break down these institutions, break everything. They're the fighters, the warriors, the ones to come here to disrupt this narrative, this way of life, to start to, because of their force and their passion and their hard-driven purpose, to create a better world for these more sensitive, more in tuned, more enlightened beings to come through because the crystal children, the rainbow children, wouldn't survive in the structure that we've already have built. But I want to ask, where are the indigos? There's a few of us fighting, you know. There's a few of us that are trying. There's a few of us that have woken up to our mission, to what's going on. I feel like there was ones that were awake when they were young and now they've gone to sleep. Dolores Cannon talks about the same thing, but she talks about the wavers, that there's three waves of lightworkers, starseeds, whatever you want to call them, coming in with similar attributes and purpose, all to create and pave way for a higher vibrational living, for a higher vibrational earth. I'm sure out there there's some other terminology for, for these groups of people, but I feel that maybe... Some of us have felt the calling or know deep down in, in ourselves that what we're meant to do, but the task now seems too big. The task now seems 
too daunting or pointless. So they've given up and they've gone back to sleep. But the structures are crumbling or trying to crumble. What has been said to happen is happening. Maybe it's all a little bit more intense than we all felt deep down, you know? So it makes it a little bit more of a challenge to stay within the positivity. But something needs to give. Something needs to shift. Because we're on a train to to nowhere land and if you can't see that we're losing control of ourselves we're losing control of our lives and we're just giving it away and we're just sitting back on our couches droning out giving up the fight giving up the hope or just being okay that this is just the way of life and it's not it's not supposed to be that's not what we came here for it's not what we're going to be living our futures for. We're not meant to exist, to be slaves to a fictional entity. I mean, isn't it interesting that we will and are capable of and can lie, steal, cheat, kill over an inanimate object? Isn't it interesting that our existence is ruled by an inanimate object? that we can become powerless to an inanimate object, something we can't take with us when we die, and something that actually won't exist without us. It's fascinating. But we're all forced to put importance on it, and we're all forced to give it our power and allow it to have power over us. And we're so brainwashed that any way out, we think it's wrong or a scam or... It must be a pyramid. Uh, Nobody even actually knows what a pyramid is. I mean, it's like the fucking weather, you know? People talk about the weather. It's like the most talked about conversations outside of our political climate right now because obviously that's, like, happening, so we talk about it. But I swear, like, people talk about money and the weather. Nobody has money and the weather always sucks, even if it's beautiful. They'll, They'll just say it sucks. The rich are just as much a slave to the money as the poor. The rich are a slave to it to keep up what they have. The poor are a slave to it to keep up what they don't have. And we just continue to allow that to be our reality. So how do you come out of it? How do you come out of it when we're all ran by it? It's like when, you know, people want a difference in their work environment, you know, and like there's a group of people that are going to protest or walk out. But there's always those one or two that are so fucking scared they won't go because they're a slave to it, right? So even if as a collective, it would have to be every single human being on this planet to stand up to it, to say no more, for it to change. But there's going to be always a few that clings on to the old, clings on to the fear. So how do we change? How do we come out of the prison we've built ourselves into so deeply? It is that feeling of just, like, giving up. Like, I don't know. I just give up. It's too big. I mean, can we do anything fully as a collective? Are we too polarized at this point? Can humanity come together as one and work together as one? I'm not sure. I just wanted to drop in here for a minute and give some food for thought. Thank you for listening. 
and we'll talk with you soon.